Hello and welcome to the third episode of Matchup Plus Plus. Uh, I am joined by some special guests once again. Um, you may not recognize them, they're rarely here on this channel. Uh, but the first one is Swissly. Hello, how are you doing? You all right? Good. Oh, how's your parents? They're good. Great. <laughs> uh, and also joined by uh, Team Captain Chris. Hello. Awesome. So this episode we're talking about uh, Tyranids, Necrons, and Grey Knights. That's why uh, that's why I've got you guys to join me because we've got experts on the on the factions that you guys are playing, and it just makes sense to have people who know what they're talking about on the on the show. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I think with that, as, as always with the show, no, no messing about, we're just going to get straight to okay. it. Nice. Um, so we're starting with, Nec uh, sorry, with Tyranids. <laughs> um, so we've got some stats here. Um, I will have caveat the stats, uh, not tons and tons of games for the stats because, uh, the meta reset with the new Marine coming out. Um, so, you know, things are going to be a bit swingy, uh, for a while. Um. So I've just had to sort of cherry break the data a little bit. Um, so Tyranids, they're performing best against Space Marines, Necrons, and Grey Knights, with a 57, 59, and 68% win rate, respectively. Uh, and they perform worst against Chaos Knights, Tau Empire, and Eldar, with 32, 45, and 43% win, win rate. Uh, their overall win rate is 47%, and the player rate is 7%, and they don't have any event wins. Um, what do you guys think of that? I guess um, I guess I'll start with you, Davey. Um, yeah, so I think Space Marines is a, a fairly kind, a kind of clear one. We have, um, well, I mean, now one of our best units, which we'll go on to, is Exocrines, but you can put alongside that Malaceptors, things like that. Uh, you know, a lot of AP and three damage, a lot of two damage weapons as well that we're taking. Um, so we can get through Space Marines quite well. Um I mean, one of the things that will be interesting to look at is which um, detachments are, are, are kind of the ones that people are taking. I mean, the most commonly taken at 42% is Invasion Fleet and at 34% is Synaptic Nexus. So Synaptic Nexus, I think, has a really good game into Marines because all that shooting I just talked about, well, you get reroll ones to hit, right, with a stratagem. So, you know, that's pretty strong. Um, and that will just make it so much more reliable. The amount of times that I've played Marines and just picked up like an aggressor squad with two exocrines, and you're just like, oh, sick. That's and, and they've got the biologists, so that's like what, like 400 points, 300 points of your army gone. Um, and I haven't lost an asset in doing it. So yeah, I think I think Marines is there. Necrons again, we have a lot of blast weapons, so that kind of works. Um, but I don't think it's. I mean, I'm surprised it's that high. I don't know if Necrons are. I mean, we'll see on the next bit, right, what they kind of win against and what they lose against but um, the most. But I'm surprised to see it as high as that. Um, Grey Knights, we screen out the entire board, right? So yeah. <laughs> get out of here with your movement shenanigans. I guess the Space Marines and Grey Knights, you're going to out-see them a lot of the time. And uh, I think the Necrons, I, I think I don't know what's going on with the, the Necrons. They're, uh, some of their win rates are... <laughs> a bit all over the place, but I think a lot of it, a, a lot of it, can probably be explained by battle shot shenanigans. I think because Necron leadership is pretty awful. Yeah, that's not probably true. Actually, that's a really good shout. Um, in regards to performing worst against Chaos Knights, makes sense to me. Um, oh, I see well. eight on the on the objectives, and they're I hard. Nightmares to... about that matchup. Yeah, <laughs> hard to kill vehicles as well for Tyranids. Not a ton of anti tank in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Tau Empire. Um. That one surprised me a little bit, but um, yeah, me too, actually. Uh, but I'm guessing it's just the Tau's ability to lift up units. That, um, it's, I just, it's I quite think, good there. I think uh, Tyranids can't. Well, okay, so Tyranids can win generally. Uh, they score really good secondaries, right? Because we have lots of movement and we have the Bivors. Um, so we, set, we score secondaries pretty good. Um, the one thing that is difficult is primary, right? So what, we have two different choices in how we kind of do that. Either we stick a big monster on primary, which Tau can get rid of, or we stick loads of bodies on a primary point, which Tau can get rid of. So potentially it's just being out primary. Um, I, I think I've only played Tau competitive, played against Tau competitively like twice so far this edition, and I've managed to to beat them with Vanguard Invasion, because I can just say, point at units and go, well, that's got Lorne up. 
um, I think, and annoying things like that. But um, but I'm surprised. I'm surprised, like you are, that it's that that our win rate that low gets up. To be fair, yeah. I, uh, I think fifty fifty would be more. Yeah. Because I can definitely see a win path for Tau, obviously, but when I'm normally playing into Tyranids, I'm thinking that I'm going to lose in the primary game. Um, yeah. And the Battleshock stuff really, really hurts Tau. Um, I think so. I think we got the two ways we Battleshock, right? That most of the time, one is through Shadow of the Warp, and the other one is through Neuralictors. And I think you can stand more than twelve inches away from a Neuralictor, which therefore kind of makes it not as optimal um, as we'd want to be. Like against other armies, like Necrons, for example, you know, you stand your big blob in the middle, and I put three <laughs> Neuralictors within twelve inches of it, and you know they're gonna fail one of those. Yeah, um, but potentially with Tower, they can just uh, you know hold you know do a little pre-measure in, hold back, and just go look. I'm just going to shoot the shit out of you, and then like take over the board. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on this, Chris? Yeah, I mean, coming looking at the Eldar thing, I mean, I've played Tunis not that many times to be fair, but I mean, Davy and I had a game quite recently, um, and yeah, I mean. Like kind of the elder have the tools to pick up the big stuff. They have the tools, to, and unless they're heavily, unless the tunes are heavily skewing in a particular direction, um, then I guess it could be a bit problematic. But when they're in that middle ground of some, you know, um, units with quite a few models and some like big monsters, um, the the um, the elder are quite good at picking those up. And on top of that, the Nids just really can't hurt them. Like, I mean, you just they really struggle to kill even the um even the Eldar. Things like the Avatar and the Incarn, they literally just don't touch as if um if fortune's up. Um and then you kind of you just rely on kind of the battle shock stuff to knock them off and that. But yeah, I can definitely see Eldar having a pretty good time into a lot more around two and it's the only time I've beaten Eldari, or, or the only way I've seen Eldari get regularly beaten by Tyranids is with loads of bodies, right? When they both had when they had both the Wraith Knights, like that's the way you did it. But now they don't have the Wraith Knights, they have more warp spiders, they have more shadow spectres. And actually I don't even think I don't even think that's a good way to do it anymore. Because I'm looking at an event in Peterborough in a couple of weeks' time and I'm like, look, there's a couple of Eldari players there, but I have no idea how to win that matchup. I was even considering do we go big monsters on and which detachments best for big monsters? But even that, I still don't. I think I'm still going to struggle. We're probably a lot of the monsters in Tyranids are strength nine in combat, so they're still going to wound the Incarn on sixes if it has fortune up. So the real and, night, and then you're struggling into a lot of the other matchups. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, you don't have stuff like grenades or tank shock to uh, to fall back on, um, like other factions do. No, we don't. We don't, unfortunately. But we do have some sick stratagems in our different detachments. To be fair, so you know there is there is things out there. But it's yeah. I mean, I, I would I would love a grenade strat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, moving on to the most wanted for Tyranids. So these are the units that you're probably most likely to see. Um, I guess you, there are so many units in Tyranids, um that you're yeah. And there's so many like things that you would see. There's probably not. This is not a comprehensive list. Um, but I mean, no. do you want to go through these ones? Before Tyranny players spit their water out of the mouth, yes, Biovores are very good. Yes, yes, they are, and they go in every list. But they, they, I thought we'd talk about something a little bit different. Um, and uh, and yeah, so the three units that I just think, you know, you need them in your list to make a good Tyranid list. You've got Gargoyles. Um, obviously, Gargoyles, I think Gargoyles are probably the best unit in the, in the book. Um, 75 points, you get 10 bodies, Ten, ten uh, has I think someone described it as ju- uh, cultists with jump packs, and they just fire and fade just like uh, shadow specters. So, <laughs> so you, it's pretty good. So you can there's a couple of ways you can use them. You can use them to deplo- uh, deny primary. You can use them to move block. You can deep strike in, shoot, and then move onto an objective. Um, they're just really, really good at denying your opponent's primary. They're not good at scoring primary, I would say. I mean, you put them on an objective, sure, but then you're not getting the best out of them. So they're essentially a offensive unit versus points, but not against the opponent's army. So it's an asset that you use to deny points, but will die, essentially. Um, and you will lose that asset. So it's it's trading an asset for denying points, which is obviously what we always want to do. But um, 
But if you have too many of them, like I've been using four units recently, I think it's too many. I think three is where the magic number is. Awesome. Chris, you really like gargoyles, don't you? Yeah, it's such a pain in the ass. Yeah, I um, hate those things. It's, I mean, yeah, it's the, the short of, I mean, obviously I had the Shadow Spectres with my Eldar, and yeah, the Fire and Fade is so powerful, but when it's the Fire and Fade with 20 obsec, it's like, ah! Well, and on top of that, you've got the control space so well. Um, you know, you can be advancing them, Fire and Fading them, whatever, and you can use them fantastically to, like, move block, um, steal objectives, because, you know, if you think... My shadow specters quite often. I need to put five on the objective to um, to steal something. David probably in a lot of situations only needs to get like three on an objective to, um, and then the rest can just go off and snake around and be a massive pain and, and potentially touch another objective. Yeah, exactly that. So I th I think they're um, yeah they're such an awesome unit, and I'm really not surprised um, that people kind of spam them in huge amounts because I just think they they get even better <laughs> like the more you have really the detachments where they're really good at just to just touch on yeah. this a little bit there's two detachments they're really good at in my opinion although you would take them in every detachment one is vanguard invader uh, vanguard onslaught rather so they have advance and charge you know because if fire and fade won't get you far enough maybe you can charge instead um and you can also fall back and fall back and charge as well so there's loads of little bits you can do there so you get the extra movement the other one is and um unending swarm so an unending swarm, you can have a unit of 20 in, in your deployment, then you can spend a CP to auto-advance them, get them right up the board, stand in front of your opponent. Um, if you can somehow generate CP and get two CP, so, so they're, they're blocking your opponent, apologies. They're blocking your opponent, and then once you have two CP, you just bring them back, and you do it again. And if you have two units, then you just keep doing that over and over again. If you have three units, you just keep doing it over and over again. And that is... If you had two units, it's 300 points and two CP every 10, every battle round. So if you have like a Quorm Lord, you can generate extra CP and stuff. Just keep deep striking them, right? If you just keep bringing them back. Yeah, well, you can keep deep striking them to give your opponent three inches, or you can deep strike them into your into somewhere safe and then move them and hopefully even give them one inch. <laughs> and of course, the other thing is when you shoot them, uh, in Endless Swarm, they get to move and they can move into combat. So you get one thing to shoot them and then I touch all your stuff. Yeah, I, I guess um, the only thing I was going to say there was when the uh, Elder player is saying, well, these guys got some good mobility, you know that it, they're, they're pretty solid, right? So... Yeah, 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 it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, so Exocrine, I would say, I, I wouldn't have expected this to be on like the like most important things list, um, but yeah. You know better than me, obviously, because you're the Tyranid player. So um, why, why oh, do people man. need to watch out for the Exocrine? It's massive. Why is he a big player? It's massive. Um, I know it's, it doesn't sound... It's a very humble unit. It's 135 points. It is a big gun on a big tank, essentially, right? Um, but 135 points, which is nothing. Now, you could also put in this category the, the Maliceptor as well. The Maliceptor is like an Exocrine, but has a shorter gun. A few different uh, up and downs on the profile, but broadly speaking... Um, our two units have strong firepower. After that, we've got Zoanthropes, which are swingy as hell. Um, <laughs> they're really good sometimes, and then other times it will do nothing, and it's 220 points you've set fire to. But the Exocrine is more reliable. So why is the Exocrine good? 36-inch um, range, so you can keep your opponent honest while you're doing all your movement shenanigans. They can't just stand in the open and overwatch you. They've got to watch out for this D3 plus, uh, sorry, D6 plus 3 shot Strength 8, minus 3, 3 damage. That's not nothing. And of course, once that one's hit, everything else in your army gets reroll ones to hit against that unit. So you can make your absolutely crazy swingy zone throw-ups reroll ones to hit, which helps. Um, you can help your Maliceptor do the extra points of damage that you need to do. So so overall, Exocrines you'll find in, I mean, broadly speaking, I would say most Tyranid lists. Even, I mean, I'm playing Vanguard Invader, right? Vanguard Onslaught, sorry. Which is sneaky nids, sneaky nids. We're moving around. I've got three of them in my list. Yeah, they're that good. Do they synergize with any of the detachments in particular, or is it just they're just good on there? It's just a good data sheet. Yeah, Synaptic Nexus. They would synergize with, I think, because they would get uh, reroll ones if the zone throw ups or another unit was nearby. I've seen like John Lennon's game, which was on the Warhammer stream on Twitch. I'd recommend you go and watch it. 
Um, he really shows you how to shoot with Tyranids. It's so good. Um, and that does that does really well. And obviously in Invasion Fleet as well, because you get all the benefits to is it whether you have lethals against vehicles or you have explosions against um, infantry, it's still really good in those. Um, I'm not going to say Crusher Stampede because because nothing synergizes well in Crusher Stampede. <laughs> um, last one, the list is the Neurolictor, is the new addition for the Tyranid roster in this uh, in this codex. Um, so why is that? Why is that one people need to watch out for? So I would say gargoyles and exocrines are good data sheets. They do the job really well. The Neurolictor stitches everything together. It makes everything kind of it pulls the theme together of Tyranids. And if I mean, I wouldn't write a list without at least two of these. They so what they do is in your command phase, twelve inches. Uh, if a unit's within twelve inches, I can make it take a battle shock test. Um, once uh, a unit is battle shocked within twelve inches of the Neurolictor, it has we, my entire army has plus one to wound it, and it has minus one to hit me. So like the double whammy of, of buff and debuff is very good. So why is this important? Well, we can't wound vehicles or monsters for Toffee. And if you give us plus one to wound, like, you know, battle, I think Sister Battle have plus one to wound um, stratagem. I think World Eaters have a plus one to wound stratagem. This essentially is our plus one to wound stratagem. We need it to do anything <laughs> if we want to kill absolutely anything. So there's that. And of course, it's lone operative. So one of the cool uh, tactics that people are using again, John Lennon. So I'm not gonna—he's so good, and he talks about this really well. But you, I can put a Neuralictor 65 points on an objective on my side of the objective, and say, okay, there's my 10 points for next turn, unless you get within 12 inches of it. And once they do move within 12 inches of it, I've got three exocrines and a maliceptor pointed at that objective. So you know, it's it's a really good mix of assets that, that that brings the entire army together awesome um so i guess on that note we're going to the... it has seven wounds sorry seven wounds a four up involved it also can have precision attacks against characters so hits on twos strength six minus two one damage and man it can take out a farce here or something right surely it slices it dices it does it all yeah um <laughs> so speaking of the uh going on to the list um you've you've generously donated me a list uh for this one um yeah this I is my on it, yeah. this is the vanguard onslaught detachment i think you said right yes that's right yeah so you got a death leaper neuro time with hunting grounds two wing primes one with neuro one with camionic um three units of ten goggles a bio x screen maliceptor three neurolictors a Pyrovore, a Trigon, two Secrets of Tyranid Warriors with melee for the uh, Winged Primes to go into, and six Zone Throws. Um, yeah. One error on this, one error in this is it's two times, it's one times six Warriors and one times three Warriors. Oh, my bad. Sorry. My current... No, no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, so don't at me, fam. Um, but the, the, the crack is really with this is it's just got quite a bit of jank with quite a bit of shooting. Um, you know, lots of movement shenanigans, which is a lot of good fun. Sorry, the dog is crying here. Yeah, I'll bring him up. There we go. You can get some strokes. I like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, the so I'll, I'll kind of talk about what everything does in the list if, if that helps. Yeah, I just wanted to um, if you, if for example, I know I know you don't want to give away all your, all your tricks, right? Um, it's probably yeah. a, a kind of tricked you into putting your own list out here. But um, if if an opponent was playing into a vanguard um onslaught detachment a list similar to this what's like the big mm -hmm. things that they need to be aware of i guess um the things that could catch them out uh going yeah, into the so, game so a lot of it is um it's just what i try and do is overwhelm my opponent with the amount of tricks and tools that i have because there's so many so um obviously let's talk about loan up like i've mentioned before i can hold objectives quite well as long as i can stop you getting within 12 inches of it so I can use gargoyles to screen out 12 inches. That means I score my primary next turn. Um, and I can do that with Death Leap. I can do that with um, Neurolictors as well. If my opponent has uh, indirect, then I can hold my home objective. No problem. Um, with winged Tyranid Primes, they give the Warriors the Vanguard Invader 
out a, a keyword. And one of the things you can do with all Vanguard Invader units is loan up them. So I can just point a unit, one CP, loan up. I can make them move six inches. If you move within nine of them, I can pick them up at the end of your fight phase and bring them in. Not next. Well, I can bring them in next turn. I could bring them in any turn, turn five, because it doesn't have any specifications on it. Um, there's lots of things like that. I can use my three warriors in a prime, for example, to uh, I can spend a CP and give them precision and take out a character that I need to do when I've got assassinate on my cards. Um, and on top of that, you've got normal tyranid shit. So Biovores scoring secondaries for fun. Um, Exocrines, there's uh, three Exocrines in this list as well, uh, doing that kind of stuff. And then if my opponent's got, you know, the other thing is Trigons. So Trigons are, I underrated them. They're very good. Yeah. You rapid ingress them in and they, if you rapid ingress it in a space where they can't be shot, the next turn they move 10 inches, charge something with 12 strength 10, I think, uh, minus two, three damage attacks. That's um, solid. Yeah, yeah, they're really good, man. They're, they're way better than I thought they were. Um, but yeah, so overall, all of that. And of course, last thing, um, zone probes, I bring them in from reserves. And then again, like one CP, I can just pick that unit up and then move it to the other side of the board to kill something else next time. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty strong. It's a lot of movement. You have to be prepared to kind of deal with it. So there's probably, there's a lot of shenanigans and tricks with turns. You're going to be kept, well, certainly with Vanguard Onslaught Detachments, you've got to really be checking into them and keeping on your toes, basically, right? Yeah, the way you beat them, honestly, is just by running at them. I think you just have to uh, not be worried about how they come back at you because as we've mentioned that we don't kill stuff very easily a lot of this is empty threats <laughs> quite honestly <laughs> um, it's it as soon as as soon as someone's come at me i mean chris our game was a great example your wraith guard just go into the middle what the, the error i made in that game was i tried to engage them and i tried to like solve that problem reality i should have just left them well and well alone and just went okay well well you have the middle then i'll can i have these side objectives is that okay and then try to survive nice okay um and so the i've added an extra uh sheet here uh, to the normal format going forward um so things to watch out for tips and tricks for tyranids um so i did i spoke with you beforehand uh davy so uh we've got primary denial it's a big thing for yeah. Tyranids. Yeah, my my job is to try and get you to less than 30 points primary, really. And I do that with a Shadow of the Warp. So if you don't, we haven't spoken about Shadow of the Warp. That's our entire rule. Um, so Shadow of the Warp, essentially, once a game in either my battle, my command phase or your, battle, your command phase, a battleshock your entire army. Uh, you cannot um, insane bravery it. I... Generally speaking, it's it's just a, a battle shock test. If I've got a, um, a, neuro, a neuro tyrant, you have minus one to all your units' leadership, which is way stronger than it sounds. Um, and then on top of that, if I've got death leaper within six inches of a unit, you get an extra minus one. So it's super super good. Um, and then and as we've mentioned as well, we've got gargoyles which can fire and fade and just put you on a five primary. That's the my dream is putting you on a five primary as many times as possible. So yeah, I don't I, like take and hold. Take and hold annoys me. <laughs> so I would say, um, as like someone who's trying to play into Tyranids, you therefore need to make sure you can't just put one model like or one thing on an objective, even if you're even if they can't get there, because they might just get battle shocked away and not hold it. Um, so you always want to try and even like your home field, make sure you've got two or three things in just um, to make sure you're getting that primary. And the way you can block the gargoyles off is obviously they are going to um, deep strike down nine, fine fade, which is six. So you can screen that out and stop them from getting onto objectives if you put some of your chaff or your screen units right in front of those objectives, like an extra whatever 3.1 inches away, then they won't be able to actually get onto the um, objective when they find fade. So it's like that sort of thing you need to be thinking about when you're uh, when you're trying to hold your primary, extra safe lockdown, and then also think really think about your screening units. Where do you want your opponent to put their gargoyles? Especially if they're taking 20. Take up a lot of space, right? You can definitely screen that out. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I know that uh, for Shadow and the Warp, as a Tau player, 
getting whacked with an entire army of leadership eight tests. It's not fun. Yeah. Um, that's the worst thing ever. Uh, so, in our game, in our game, he, he lost all his primary funds. Yeah, I literally yeah. failed like whatever it was, like five out of seven, and I just lost ten points just because I couldn't roll some sixes or sevens. I was like, yeah. yeah, it happens, right? You have to, as I think Scribo said to us, like you kind of have to allow for the fact that once again you're probably going to fuck up. Um, your dice rolls just is what it is, and you're going to lose some primary because of the battle shots. So. Yeah. Um, okay, and then uh, the last one is essentially model spam, right? Um, and in a way, activation lock, right? That's probably a better way of putting that. Yeah, so the one of the up-and-coming, so to speak, uh, lists is Unending Swarm. Uh, Unending Swarm is amazing um, at scoring and denying, right? It does very well. Um, some some really good players. Um, I can't think what his last name is now. Um, Sam Smith, it might be. In, in America, he's got doing very well with it. Tyler Bortel's talking about it. He does a, a podcast where he talks about how the ins and outs of that work. I think it's the best in faction podcast. So definitely, if you're interested, go and have a look at that. But essentially, um, you take 160 to 200 gaunts and you just, you just put them on the board and every time that unit is shot, it can move D6 towards your opponent and it keeps doing it, keeps doing it. Every time they're shot, keeps going, keeps going. And you, they just take over the board unless you wipe them. Um, the way to kind of combat that is um, just to push as hard as you can back every turn. I don't like the 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 what you call it the detachment because it's not forty k in my eyes. It's it's almost like playing a different game, and your and it kind of it, your opponent never signed up for this experience. It's like this is an unfair <laughs> thing to do to someone. So they've got to go. Okay, I need to kill as many of these things as possible and then screen so of course they kill say you kill one of these units two cp you can bring it back so 20 termigans coming back 20 harmigans coming back 20 gargoyles coming back um and they can bring them in i mean gargoyles deep strike so they can go anywhere they like units can just come in from any side so you need to keep pushing back back screening leaving units behind so that no one can come in behind you and push back and hopefully by the end of the game you can win it's not an un winnable match i think there's some players trying to break it to make it unwinnable for the opponent but um you can do it but you just really have to use every chaff weapon you can find grenade strats blow things to bits because it's not like a normal game of 40k you just need to uh, activation lock as you say jack get it get as much for your bang for your buck every time all right and the last thing i wanted to cover here was if anyone who's playing tyranids David, what is the, the one tip that you would offer them and say the oh, thing God. you need to keep in mind playing Tyranids? Don't bother. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really hard going into the new meta. I've been talking to a few of the guys about how difficult it looks at the moment. Uh, it does look a bit daunting going into this new meta because there's a lot of things we're going to struggle to kill and struggle to beat. Um, what I would say is we're not durable. Uh, you can't just leave us out in the open. To, we, will, we will die out. We've got extra wounds, more wounds than we should do versus um, other other factions, but we pay for that in our lack of armor save for the most part. Um, so we do we do we do die <laughs> essentially. <laughs> um, and the way to do the way to kind of do it at the moment is to for my money is to just play super KG, which isn't how you want to play Tyranid. You want to charge your opponent and just try and rip them to bits. But to play KG, depending on the detachment. And um, and have as many successful trades throughout the game as possible. And by that I mean kill something and not get killed back. Right. Awesome. So I think that pretty much covers the Tyranids. Um, so the next faction we've got here is Necrons. Um, so Necrons perform best against Space Marines with 57%, Custodes with 58%, and Astro Militarum with a 65% win rate. Uh, they perform worse against Space Marines with a 19% win rate. Um, uh, Eldari with a 44% win rate and Tau Empire with a 42% win rate. Their overall win rate is 44, play rate is 6%, uh, that is, uh, and event, not, not 6 players, uh, and there's no event wins there. Um, what do you guys think of that? Anything that jumps out at you surprising there? So there's one major surprising one here, which is the Eldari. Um, I was watching a Art of War um, battle report the other day because um, Siegler is what. Um, trying to work out what he wants to take to um, 
to the World Championships. And him and Jack were saying that actually, in the grand scheme of things, Necrons have a really good matchup into Aldari. And therefore, um, and because they're expecting quite a lot of Aldari there, um, it's kind of like, a, can you build a Necron list that then takes on the bad matchups like the CSM and that sort of thing? Mm. So I find that quite interesting because I know as a Eldari player, I haven't played them since the balance update. But even with Wraith Knights, there were points where it was like, oh, because the whole point of the Eldar shooting is it's highly efficient, but it's not like a huge amount of output in like one go, which obviously means like trying to deal with the blobs and that sort of thing um, can be problematic. Um, and I know in teams we were kind of quite happy if we'd managed to get our Necrons into um, into the Eldar. Um, so yeah, I am I am surprised at the um, at the Eldar, and I thought they'd probably be more like a fifty five percent rate. Really. But is it be because is it not because the the lists have had to change, and now it's not just efficient shooting, but you've got flamers, you've got more warp spiders, more uh, shadow spiders. They don't do huge amounts. They they're not going to clear through the big things in quickly enough, and then the stuff just starts regening, doesn't it? Mm. I think the um, something to keep in mind is Eldar does have a positive win rate against every single faction in the game, bar yeah. four. Um, so it is something to keep in mind. They are still just really good. Mm. Um, so but yeah, they do have um, the the Eldari weakness is something. Is is the Necron strength, right? It's a massive number of uh, bodies um, that just keep getting back up. You're you have to upset you because they're very good on the primary, and you're going to struggle to yeah. take them off it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but at the same time, they Sorry, have the, they have the similar kind of issue as the uh, Tyranids have, where you know they have a lot of bodies, they can do a lot of primary game, but they don't have a lot of killing power. Yeah. Um, in that same sort of vein, so they probably I well, I mean, I've not played um. Necrons into Eldar specifically, but if I had to guess, stuff like the Avatar, stuff like the Incarn, and and Fugan, like stuff like that, they're really going to struggle to deal with models like that. Mm -hmm. um, so they're pretty much just coming down to, you know, the <laughs> Necron Warrior Blob on the objective. Um, that's the only thing that, I, well, one of the few things I think the Eldar would struggle to deal with in that list. Yeah, uh, I guess, and it depends. Like, if I was an Eldar playing playing into any sort of necronis which hadn't taken into the big blobs and that sort of thing, I'd be a lot happier. It's only when you, I mean, I played into 30 Lich Guard um, at a tournament, and even with a Wraith Knight, that was incredibly sketchy. And I felt like personally I had to bear yeah. my skin to try and win that. Um, so I guess it's probably the fact that necronis are moving away from this like blob aspect because of armies like CSM that will just go in and be like, bye bye. Um, <laughs> And Votan's not there, but also we know um, from team's experience that Votan absolutely wiped the floor. With, um... Yeah, 100%. Um, Votan also, do also have a very strong um, win rate against Necrons. Um, I mean, Tau and, Tau and Votan are like the two factions that notably have a unit that can kill a Necron Warrior Blob in one activation, just yep. straight up. Uh, mm -hmm. They're the two factions that specialize in doing that. Mm -hmm. um, and Chaos Space Marines are just ludicrously strong in general, right? Um, that's, that's a terrible, terrible win rate. <laughs> yeah. Is that the lowest one? Um, no, there there are factions with like a sub ten percent win rate out there against okay. other factions, but um, it's pretty bad. Um, yeah, it, it's just uh, yeah. There's no. You could, it's one of those things where you just can't stop them running at you, right? Because yeah. you do have you have very little killing power. And, um, and if you do stop them running at you, they just use blast weapons to blow you to pieces. Exactly. Yeah. The um, the old forge fiends do a number on those big units. And blitz. Because oh, three d three plus twelve shots with exploding fives, or exploding sixes and full rerolls. So I watched. Um, I watched this. So this game was World Jack's World Eaters into Richard Siegler's um, Necrons. Siegler was like had this tech of this fight's first Lich Guard blob. He's like, maybe this is a way that we can kind of deal with it. They played one turn and then um, they called it. <laughs> wow. Because Siegler kind of pushed out and then Jack just went full send and just annihilated every so much stuff that was pointless playing on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Fight first on a pillow is, is still a pillow. Well, he worked out that um, it would kill kind of. Uh, if you played into CSM, it would kill like six chosen or something, which would kind of like help neuter the situation. Right, the problem okay. is that a good player 
can just multi-charge this lich guard blob so actually they're never going to get the whole unit in you're just going to be putting a few lich guard this way a few lich guard this way a few lich guard this way and in this game's point it was angron was <laughs> one of them a rhino was another um and they just tagged and based as many models as they could nice. and it meant only a few could get into the um i think it was the exalted eight bound but also like 10 berserkers just clean up um uh, i think do like something like 25 to 30 warriors Oof. yeah if you um not having the four up invul on them will uh yeah because you can only put that on one let's say um i guess the um you need to say the, the armies are good against custodies. I mean, custodies are well known for their, their shtick used to be we're going to out OC you on primary, right? Primary yeah. game used to be the custodies thing. Um, they neither have the output required to kill large warrior blocks or lich guard, and they don't have the ability to beat them on the primary. So that's kind of rough. Um, mm-hmm. Ashen Militarum, uh, that one makes sense to me because they're, I guess, they're relying on a lot of indirect and like chip shooting basically. Um, which is something Necrons like. If you've got a Ghost Arc next to a Necron Warrior Blob, they'll never go below 20 models. Um, Space Marines, again, I think they're relying on a lot of um, indirect at the moment with yeah. the Iron Storm. Uh, they don't have like a, a single unit that will kill these big units in one go. They're more like, again, more relying on chip damage. And they don't have the bodies for primary. I think it's a similar kind of reason why um, they're not very good into Tyranids. Yeah. Similar kind of principle. Is the space frame one slightly skewed though? Because the majority of players, or a large percentage of players, are space marines, and therefore a lot, and only a few percent of them are, you know, a few percent of all players are, are like great and win games. Are you saying there are lots of bad space frame players, David? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> what controversial statement? Um, no, but do you know what I mean? Like, I think it might be skewed because I think, yeah, but. but yeah, space marines do come up on on the perform best against list quite a lot, so yeah, uh, um, probably not wrong. But I, the astromilitarian one's interesting because I would have thought viewpoint four, uh, th- th- you know, three Lehman Russes and two tank commanders, and a hell, uh, what you call it, the the tank with a flamer, um, I can't think what's called hellhound, and they all point at one of these units. Surely the unit goes away. Well, that's the problem, right? If you put a ghost, um, ghost arc next to a Necron unit, um, you shoot that, say, Necron warrior unit, and you kill, I don't know, with a four-up invul, you maybe you kill like seven. You know, no, if you get a four-up invul, that's it. Yeah. yeah, and then you you can use the strat and you get all those back. And you shoot him with another uh, Lehman Russ, and then you use the ghost arc and you get all of those back. Um, mm. And you shoot him again, you kill seven. Okay, they can't regen that one. Next turn. Um, or the next phase, I guess you, you charge some Ogrins in. Oh, well, we're just going to regen with the Ghost Arc again, and we're going to use the strat again. And it's just constant, constant game back up again every time you touch them. Um, yeah, well, they're actually edging forwards as they get back. Yeah, exactly. And if you overwatch them, guess what? The Ghost Arc's going to get them up then again. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's uh, I think that one that one's kind of makes sense to me. Um, so okay. most wanted, the units you're most likely to see for the Necrons. Uh, we've gone for Lich Guard, Necron Warriors, and Hexmark Destroyers. Uh, we've spoke about the first two quite a lot already. Um, so the Lich Guard, they're minus one to wound all the time, um, unlike most other bodyguard units. Um, with T5, two wounds, four plus involve, five plus Fino Pain. They're really they can be quite difficult to put down. Um, and if you don't have something like a, a very large amount of damage three, um, they're probably not going to go down. Uh, and you get, again, you can reanimate them multiple times a turn. You've got a resurrection orb, so you can do it in the enemy command phase. You've got the strat, which you can use multiple times a turn. Um, and then their their weapon is a solid um, breakpoint because you can, with, a, with their strat, you can put them up to um, strength seven, AP three, uh, three attacks each hit on twos. So it's, um, it's a solid chunk. Mm. Um, with the Necron Warriors, as they normally have a four plus involved, the first unit will almost always have that through Oric and the Diviner uh, joining their unit, um, or they'll have a Technomancer in there for a five plus Fino Pain. I've already gone over the the reanimation speed with the Ghost Arc OC two. You can put a Command Barge in there again, OC three. They're just <laughs> very, yeah, very much a pain to deal with. So you know, just like you know, sixty OC on an objective. 
Um, Some good numbers. Yeah. Um, so they're the, basically the two main things you need to worry about with, with Necrons is that can you kill these two units? If yes, you probably win. If no, it's going to get dicey. The other one that catches people out a lot, I think, and you see this in most, this is the uh, Hexmark Destroyer. Um, so it's got a rule called Multi-Threat Eliminator. Every time you shoot a unit within three inches of it, including itself, um, it gets to shoot you. Um, which is six shots, six, two, one, uh, with precision. So that will just, um, that can just ruin your day. It's just like taking characters out of units. Um, it can deep strike. So something you can do, it, or people do is you rapid ingress just over 12 away from the opponent because they have no operative. Um, and then, so if you, you know, you deep strike something in to try and jump on on your on one of these Necron units, you can rapid ingress the hex mark in just over 12 away so it can't be counted. And then if they try and shoot your your warrior unit or, or whatever else, your Lich Guard unit, you can start um, precisioning out characters. Um, also, Overwatch is on twos. Uh, and, and you get a bonus yeah. Overwatch with it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird one because it, it's like, okay, it's only six shots of strength six. APG damage one, but it will probably shoot like 18 times in a game. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, yeah, those are the ones to watch out for the most, I think. Um, in terms of a common list you're likely to see, uh, this is Alex Chancellor's list from Zephyron Slam at Team Event. It is a bit team skewed, uh, but I think it pretty much covers most of the stuff you're likely to see. Um, we've got the Catacomb Command Vargas and Returnal Weave for a 4 plus Fiona Pain. That's giving plus one OC to all units within six. Hexmark Destroyer, as we mentioned before. Uh, Illuminor Zeras gives Armor of Contempt and plus one AP to all battle, battle line units within uh, six of him. Uh, we've got a Lord of the Hypermaterial Hyper Ablator. Minus one to hit that unit. Um, and cover if you're over 12 away. Just makes that this Necron Warrior harder to kill. Just stacking up defensive buffs on it. Uh, another Lord... An Oracle and the Diviner, 4 plus Fiona Pain. Uh, Plasmancer with Veil of Darkness, so you can pick up a unit and move it once per game, uh, Deep Strike it uh, in the same turn. A Royal Warden, um, which is uh, gives you Assault on the guns and Heavy, but you never use that. Two Technomancers for defensive stuff. Tenomorphs of Tesla Carbine. Uh, some Tunes of Necron Warriors, a Reanimator. Tunes of two Cryptothrals, five Flayed Ones, and ten Lich Guard. Cryptothrall is the one that catches people out a lot, I think, as well, um, because <laughs> they attach to a unit and they become part of the unit for all purposes. So when they die, even if you kill both of them, they can just get back up as long as the unit's still alive. Oh. Um, and they're than the the unit generally is, right? The, the, the... Yes, because they have a four note, they have a four feel no pain base, and they have two wounds. Um, so they're Ooh. considerably tougher than um, Necron warriors, and they're about the same as Lich Guard. So yeah, you love to see it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a bunch of common stuff uh, you're going to likely to see. Um, so stuff to watch out for, say the Hexmark Multi Threat Eliminator. Um, you know, it may. I've I've had the, I played this against um, Paul, the resident Dark Angels player. I think I played against him in Necrons like three or four times now. And um, every game he's like, I "Fucking hate that Hexmark," because he always forgets <laughs> about it, and it always ends up shooting him like four times in one shooting phase. Um, it's great fun, um, but don't 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 do that. <laughs> uh, either go straight for the hex mark. If you if you're gonna shoot the hex mark, shoot it first and get rid of it. Um, hmm. So that's the. Or position yourself in a way where you can shoot a unit but not be seen by the hex mark. Exactly. Or out of exactly. the range of the hex mark, because I think it's only eighteen. Is it? It is only eighteen. Yeah. Um, reanimation stuff. You know when stuff gets back up. It can get up incoherency if the models are already there. So as Chris said, you know, it's inching forward as they go down, get back up, go down, get back up. It's like a pseudo movement phase. So they sort of like snail crawl across the. It makes pot shots kind of pointless, and actually, yeah. you need to be thinking. I think that sort of army you really need to plan out the order that you're shooting in and that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the Necron stratagems they have available are really powerful. Um, pretty much all of them. The ability to resurrect a character, um, full rerolls to wound with any shooting attack. Um, the uh, so the reanimation one we've already spoke about. 
there's just a lot of really good um, stratagems in there. So if you're playing against Necrons, I would definitely say to um, double check those ones and make sure um, you know exactly what they're they're capable of because uh, the 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 stratagems that can really swing a game. So uh, definitely one to keep in mind. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts? Anything else you think you can add for the Necrons? I'm talking a lot. <laughs> uh, move, them, move block them and slow them down. So a lot of slowing yeah. down stuff is really good against Necrons. Um, and maybe that's the, the matchup with Eldari, right? Um, maybe the Night Spinner in them. Yeah, too. the Night Spinners can certainly depend. Like if they've got, if they're relying on one twenty man, it's just going to, and Eldar get to go first and it's going to Night Spinner it. It's just going to move slowly the whole game. Yeah. But move blocking it also works, you know, have some sacrificial units that you can just chuck in front of them. But conversely, don't give them charges because, yes, they are slow. So if I was an Eldar player and let's say I night spinner them and then I go and stick five rangers in front of the blob to also slow them down, well, then I've just given them a massive charge and with pylons and consolidates, actually, they're now going to get to the middle, which is the only place they want to be. So be mm-hmm. careful if your plan is to keep them slow make sure you're not giving them um, charges onto things. Because, yeah, they're not going to kill you, but you're also probably not going to kill them back. So don't give them things like the opportunity to wrap a vehicle, for example. Like imagine if they saw that juicy rhino and just made their way around and then wrapped that rhino and that sort of thing. Like That could that could potentially be game-ending and shut you out of primary. So you've just got to be really careful not to give um, give them like those juicy charges into dangerous spaces. Yeah. Okay, uh, and as as uh, Scribble has commented in the old YouTube channel, um, only engage if you know you're gonna win it. You don't want to get caught in combat, so you're gonna be stuck in forever, because that's just gonna uh, end end badly for you most likely. Yeah. Um, so I think that pretty much covers Necrons. Um, so next up on the list is Grey Knights. Um, this is what we've brought uh, Captain Chris on for. Um, oh, Chris, there you go. There's the better win rate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awful. So we've got an overall win rate of 48% and a play rate of 3% with zero event wins. We perform best against Marines, Necrons, and Tau Empire with a 55, 72, and 56% win rate. Uh, and then they perform worst against Tyranids with a 32% win rate, Chaos Marines with a 10% win rate, and Eldari with a 42% win rate. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, what do you guys think of that one? Um... So yeah, I mean, so just to clarify, I've played only I've only played one game with the Grey Knights so far, but I've done a lot of like research on them and this building and watching videos and stuff. So I mean, I've, I think I've got a, the play style. If you think of Grey Knights when they first came out, everyone raved about their rules because they are so manoeuvrable and they do all the things that make an army good. Right? They can just you just um, you pick them up, you move them around, you teleport them constantly. They've got some really good enhancements and stratagems. They're a really tricksy army. Their weaknesses are they can't kill shit. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of that obviously makes makes a big difference so in a lot of games and if you've got armies that can kind of deal with those tricks, there's, they're just going to cause issues. And you see some very interesting builds at the moment leaning one way or the other going msu or all of the terminators but um yeah i can definitely see kind of like they've got access to mortal wounds and stuff which is going to be good um for the necrons i mean it seems like everyone dicks on marines so no surprise there um i know the jack carpster built his list purely for wtc for the eldari matchup it's a very drawish matchup when played well i think this is probably the most important thing you have to you have to be a good player and know your matchups and know how to play the army in order to put them at their highest level. And I suspect that um, a lot of the time, Grey Knights aren't being played to their maybe their maximum potential. Um, and so therefore they will struggle because they are quite an army, quite a difficult army to play. But yeah, that Chaos Space Marine matchup is horrendous. 10%. Wow. Uh, I think that's 20 games as well. Um... Yeah. So, yeah. But I think we've got we've got several great players playing CSM at the moment, and probably none of those great players, as as people move to different factions, right? We've yeah. got more. It's got a higher uh, amount of people in in CSM who are top players, I suppose. Yeah, but I I think uh, Chaos Marines stuff like um, the stuff that they're bringing with the the chosen, the obliterators, the forge fiends are all really good at killing. Yeah. 
Grey Knights have an A's. Because Grey Knights have an A's do not have four wings, do they? No. They only have three. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, that's not great. It's quite a sweet spot for um, Chaos Space Marines, isn't it? And yeah. we'll talk about one, one of the main things is um, the stratagem Mr. Deimos, which is when you move within nine, you can either pick up the unit or uh, move away six. But the way you play around that is by threat overload. Um, and yeah, I mean, eventually the Grey Knights do just kind of have to get sat down and, and yeah. dealt with. Yeah, they're well, quite they're... hungry as well, right? So they have got an AOC equivalent, yep. right? But I tend to find when I've played Grey Knights is they always go, oh, I wish I could armor a contempt, but I've used all my CP. <laughs> they're CP hungry on me, definitely. Yeah, they definitely, a lot of their tricks are, or some of their tricks are one use only as well. Um, so they do literally run out of tricks at some point. Um, yeah, and they have to drop down and try and do a nine-inch charge, and then you're like, oh, shit. I think Grey Knights work really well against armies where they can, where their like massive maneuverability lets them score a lot of primary, right? Yeah. Which I think is where um, the, the Marines is on that performs best against this for all three of these factions. I think that's, um, <laughs> I think it says a lot about Marines and their ability to play primary and stuff. Um, as I think all three of these factions that we spoke about are really good at primary. Um, yeah, the um, the Grey Knights, because the Grey Knights with all their teleportation that just therefore play secondary as well. But also yeah. you've got the fact that that is 10 Terminators with a banner makes them OC3. So that's 30 OC, which can deep strike down three inches away. Yeah. And then as soon as you move anything within nine, teleports away. Um, yeah. And I mean, I've the one game I played with Jack, I played the list we'll be talking about shortly, which is 30 um, big lads. And then two, and it's so it's so thought intensive just to be trying to rotate those units around and get them in the right place and knowing what to do with them. So it is it's a really um, tricky army to play. But like you take someone like Jack Harpster who's got so many reps in and plays them like masterfully. And I've watched enough battle reports with him in to see like how how powerful they can be with all their tricks because they can do primary and secondary well. Yeah, that um that tell and power win rate makes sense to me because. I know when we played, it felt like I wasn't playing the game for the first two turns. Yeah. Um, there was just no interaction of any kind. Um, so that makes sense to me, as, as you, especially if you're playing against Green Knights for the first time. It's just, you're just going to get so many tricks, nonsense off the table. Um, Tyranids have a really good one right into the Green Knights. Any thoughts on that one, Davey? I think we just screen the board out, right? And yeah. we screen out where they want to be. And then we slowly take over the board. Really, that's that's the way I've tended to uh, to beat them in the past. Um, and we, again, we have the profiles like CSM that can really kill stuff. Maybe not as good as good a unit as CSM, but Exocrines, Maliceptors, which you'll find in every list, will absolutely smash through Marines. All right. Um, so I had issues with the spreadsheet. We have one more slide, <laughs> but we can uh, cover the other two bits that we are missing. Um, the list. Uh, so this is the the list that you were playing at some point. It's played against me, right, Chris, with this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, we got Drago, a librarian with uh, sigil uh, of sigil of exigence. Exigence. That was it. Um, a librarian with inescapable wrath. Rah. Yes. You're guessing. <laughs> Two units of ten terminators with like every upgrade under the sun. Um, ten paladins with five incinerators and a banner for the OC two. Or is it three? Uh, for uh, so yeah, banner will make them OC two. OC two, right? Uh, and then two times five strike marines and a Caldas assassin. Um, so uh, this covers all the uh, units I was going to put in the uh, most wanted section. Um, in that we've got librarians, we've got paladins, and we've got strike. Uh, sorry, we've got terminators, and we've got strike marines. Um, so, so, so one of the things here is that all the all these good units are all combat assets, right? Yeah. Mostly, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and this army has no way of coming in less than nine inches and charging. Uh, yeah. So its so. entire its entire ability is to move around the board and secure nine inch charges. So that it can benefit from its combat prowess. Well, and that's the interesting thing because it's not really that's it's not particularly that style. Like if you watch the top players use them, they're not at all dropping down to play 
the nine inch charge kind of game. Um, so Drago, Drago goes with a blob, a bob, a blob even, and he gives you um, once per battle a plus three to your charge. So they're coming down and they're doing six inch charge. And the librarian is with another blob. He gives them plus one to their charges. So um, they're coming. They, that is a potential eight inch. Um, kind of thing um so you've got those they have got those additions the librarians are there um to hold on to hold those um, um enhancements but also they've got vortex of doom which is a really powerful um ability which on a two to five does 2d3 mortal wounds uh something within 18 inches gets past loan up so that's quite a nice little play there um and then on a six it's like two d6 and on a one you do d6 to yourself so it is a bit swingy obviously um you've got the terminators who as we said are oc um who are oc2 with a banner become oc3 so it doesn't take many of them deep striking down 30 uh, or three inches away um to kind of deal with something like that um and then the paladins again they're oc2 there's five incinerators there um, there's going to be two incinerators on each of the Terminator blobs. So they've kind of got a lot of play there. Also, the thing with the Terminators is you're bringing one back with your um, Apothecary. But the way these kind of these things link is it's, it's a cycle. So if your opponent was playing this sort of list, they would be cycling through um, these units, trying to use one at a time, put one in the firing line because um, of the strategy of Mr. Deimos. So that what they don't want is the opponent to get within nine of two different units because then they can't miss away. Because the play is, I go, right, this is my unit that's out doing something. That's going to be in threat from a charge. You move within nine, right, one CP, I'm going to miss of Deimos up. At the end of your movement phase, I'm now going to rapid ingress them down somewhere else. And it's kind of that that rotation. And you know, not many people like, you know, those terminators just suddenly appearing somewhere they weren't planning on dealing with because you know it's it doesn't take just incidental shooting to kind of deal with them. You then got your other blob, which has got the librarian with the sigil in, which is um which means that when you're shot at, you can pick them up and they get to teleport somewhere else. And, you know, in some armies, that, that's just a thing you can't, can't constantly have to be thinking about. Um, and so if you're playing into it, you have to make that decision early on. Do I want to try and bait out the sigil? Um, or do, you know, do I want to, um, am I okay with them having it? I've got to be thinking about, well, I've set up my shot, so if I shoot them, now they pick up actually, where are they going to teleport off to? Is that going to be a big problem for me? So they're constantly asking you to make lots of difficult choices. On top of that, as we know, the army rule is at the end of um, your turn, I'm going to be able to pick up three units and um, I'm going to be able to deep strike them down next turn. I'm not doing that for charges. I'm doing that for um, to think about places they can go once I get my cards and that sort of thing. So you're constantly having to screen me out and you've got to try and screw me out three inches. And, um, and you know, if I can snake these ten guys, yeah, I can't deep strike them all three inches in this particular area, but I might well be able to snake them around, still primary, um, and that sort of thing. So they're just so kind of like tricksy. You've got two units of five Marines um, who scout forward six. So quite often you can start them on the line, scout forward to that middle if you get first turn. They stick the objective, and then they can make their move somewhere else. Um, they can be someone that can... Um, can mists away. Um, you've got the Calidus, who again is another tool to pick up and at the end of the turn. So it's a, an art, a player who's playing this army well is going to be constantly cycling all these options, giving you something to shoot at or get near, and then it's just going to vanish and then they're going to go somewhere else. You know, you've got um, tricks like if you go and make that charge into something, let's say you kill it, because you know they're reasonably killing, you've got decent output you know it's 10 terminators with false weapons which are strength six minus two 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 damage at the end of the day if you can then fight kill something and tag something else which has got a movement of less than nine as soon as they fall back you get to mists away yeah. like there's just so, a player who's good with this army is going to cause you such a headache a player that isn't good with this army is, is you know it's you can see why their win rates are not that high, but I can definitely see situations when you've got so many options as a player, if you're able to use them to their best um, potential, then it's going to be a thing. I mean, 
I said my one game I played with Jack. Um, turn one, I went well, I went um, second, so I was able to pick up a unit, and it meant I was able to drop down three inches and get capture enemy outpost turn one with a unit which has got sigil of exigence. Jack then has to drop down his crisis block because that's the only way he can really deal with those terminators. They get shot, and then sigil of exigence away. Um, and you know, I was able to pull off turn two. I think it was a um, kind of a tag something fullback mists away now don't get me wrong this was my first game with them by no means did i play it particularly well and i've encountered issues when jack was able to put lots of things on the center of objectives so i couldn't drop down three i couldn't kill all of the stuff and what happened eventually is i did end up having to rely on nine inch charges and jack was able to just kind of um eviscerate the, the blobs i think i lost 20 terminators on turn four um yeah, when they did when they did eventually get to shoot you when you got to shoot them right and so that was that thing of like i could see the potential there and i'm sure if as i was to play the army more and more and more and i worked out the combos and how i play you could see it would be it would be really powerful but when you get it wrong you you know you will still get um kind of destroyed um so yeah there's there's so many things to be thinking of when you play into them and match up into the gray knights um so it's kind of about working out spaces you're happy for them to go into and then if you can try and get multiple charges into multiple units so that they can only miss um kind of one away um yeah yeah so uh i guess the 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 biggest things to keep in mind are miss of demos so don't go within nine if you don't have to um or if you're happy for them to go away but yeah, oh, just yeah. Friends, yeah um and the uh the other one will be if in doubt it can probably do some kind of movement shenanigan uh <laughs> if, if you're not sure if it can move it probably can yeah, it's a pretty safe bet <laughs> like trying to screen um, all game as well because obviously things just keep getting picked up yeah, yeah. Um, it's probably why they're struggling, right? Because in their, their tricks rely you on coming close to them. We're in a meta, really, of shooting stuff. So they can just... If your opponent knows what your hints and tricks are, they're just going to use those assets to, to remove yours without getting too close, I guess. Yeah, they can't... Um, they don't have, like, a deep strike in and slap them with three melter guns, right? Or, or multi-melters yeah, or something. Okay, oh, those storm bolters are... <laughs> Yeah, so um, it's uh, their killing power range is obviously highly limited and spe and very specific, which is I guess why they go for the incinerators. They struggle with vehicles, inevitable yeah. um, outside of vortex. Um, but also another thing they play the mission well on is that they don't give up, bring it down. They don't get like they very rarely give up overwhelming um, like force. Um, a lot of the cards, like no prisoners, like as long as they're keeping that Calidus and those strikes safe, like, like that's the idea. It's kind of a denial army. They're denying your secondaries, they're denying your primary, um, especially for the first three, four turns, and they're scoring theirs pretty well. And that's kind of how they're designed to play. Cool. I haven't played Magic the Gathering, but I like to imagine that if there was a 40k army, like equivalent of like a blue deck, yeah, that's what this would be. They're like, oh, um, for the love of God. <laughs> yeah, it's so painful to play against. Like, <laughs> it's right, it's real up there. It's like right, right next to Eldar. Funnily enough, would you also play? Uh, yeah, weird. <laughs> but I, just to clarify, I'm currently painting world eaters, so yeah. uh, yeah, we, we've all got that. But, so yeah, who's yeah, that world eaters right now, right? I think that's the um, I think that's the really appealing thing about this army is that they they can kind of try and play a game without killing you, and can kind of just try and win. Anyway, just through the tricks, and sometimes they're just going to get caught and butchered, and sometimes they will um, come off. But yeah, it's it's a it's very good flex, isn't it, to win a game without? I beat a knight's player once without killing a knight, and I was like, this, <laughs> yeah. this is the best feeling I've ever had. I beat sisters with my harlequins once, killed three models the entire game because I just moved, blocked them in their deployment zone for the entire game, and they just couldn't get out because they had all like the paragon morsels. It was so satisfying. <laughs> so i guess uh in summary for the gray knights the uh thing to keep in mind is screen them out that's uh something uh watch out for mr demos um and then if you're you think if, if for a new player getting into as 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 a new player for gray knights yourself uh what do you think new players should be looking at doing um for gray knights you think chris um, think a good idea? i think it's kind of a, i think 
because there, don't get me wrong, there are lots of other ways you can obviously play the army. And there's quite a lot of people playing like MSU stuff at the moment, because what we haven't spoken about, uh, like interceptors. So they do the gargoyle thing. They shoot and scoot. They move 12. They shoot. They move six. And the whole Grey Knight's other rule is that if you advance, you gain fly and move six inches. Um, and there is a strat to enable you to like basically assault and do that. So interceptors are really good for shooting, scooting, going to 18 and then moving six. That's great for things. So I'm not sure whether this particular list is beginner friendly, but I think as a starting Grey Knight player, the thing I'm thinking of is I've probably writing down a checklist. I'm thinking, right, in each of my turns, I need to always remember to pick up my units. So that would be on my sheet. Remember to pick up your units or which units do you need to pick up? Well, you need to think, well, what do I want? Can I move these units? They're five inches or whatever it is in such a way to do something. If they're actually no, then why not pick them up? And that's kind of like that. Those are the things you're going to be thinking of. The next thing on my list is going to be, um, what am I doing with my sigil unit? Has Drago got a good target? Because Drago is anti-demon 2+, and you can spend the strat to give him devastating wings, um, which is quite good at picking up a lot of things. Um, like four end. fiends and obliterators. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> especially at three damage. Um, Apparently not. So, um, there's also, you, you can take um, Grandmasters, who have an ignore modifiers um, ability as well. Um, so there's lots of there's lots of toolbox options but yeah i'd be making a list and i'd be trying to ch check to make sure right have i got have i picked up the right units have i only given them one option realistically for mists what am i doing with my sigil unit and then just trying to kind of like and i think it's going to be really important each turn to be thinking when i drop down three inches can i deny can i give them a zero or a five and like, especially can you give them a zero? If they're away, I can get these 10 terminators onto two objectives and give them uh, a uh, give them a zero. And that's how you're going to kind of generate those, uh, those differentials. Awesome. Cool. Right. So uh, I think that pretty much covers it. Um, I apologize for the, uh, the spreadsheet, the PowerPoint being a bit scuffed today, but that's all right. Uh, next time, I think we... I think maybe Weldy is a really good army to look at. We've got so many Weldy to mains now in the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to the first, right? <laughs> beyond that, um, I'm not sure what we would look at. So uh, post your comments below. Is there an army you want us to, to take a look at or put it in the Discord or something like that? Um, but uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Chris. Uh, thank you, Davey, for coming and talking to us about... Uh, I thank, thank you, Lincoln, as well, for... Uh, Keeping us entertained. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, thanks everyone. Thanks for watching, and uh, that pretty much covers us. So um, that'll be it. We'll we'll shoot off now. Bye. Bye.